0: Welcome to the Cognition Podcast. I'm your host, Rolf Nelson, and with me, as always, is Joe Hardy. Hi. On today's show, we are going to do, instead of a year-end wrap-up, we're going to look ahead towards the future, and we're going to think of the next decade ahead. So what's going to happen between 2020 and 2030? Well, we've got some predictions for you.
1: We've got stunning predictions. Stunning predictions. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna get, lay those on you. Uh, before we get into that, though, I just want to help uh, get people oriented to how to reach us. If you have any feedback or just comments, or you have a guest that might want to be on the show, you can reach us at cognationpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can also uh, check out our facebook page cognation podcast on facebook i'm also reachable on twitter jl hardy PhD.
0: and i am available on twitter at rofl nelson
1: but i think the best way to get us is the email so if you really want to catch us quick uh definitely you know email us and we'll we'll get back to you as soon as we can
0: all right. So end of year podcast. Uh, it's getting to be holiday times. Um, uh, are you thinking about the holidays?
1: The holidays? Uh, yeah, we're going to have a, a Festivus party. I'm excited about that at the Festivus for the rest of us.
0: Are you really doing that? You're going to, are you going to air your grievances?
1: We're going to air our grievances. We're going to have a Festivus poll. Uh, you know, there might be some wrestling involved. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how does the, now, I want to know how the grievance airing actually goes.
1: I think it's just, you know, you get up there and you're like, I have a lot of problems with you people. Yeah. And you just kind of get into it. You work it out. You just work it out.
0: That sounds... Uh, I'd love to try Festivus sometime. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I,
1: I have a lot of problems with a lot of people, so that, that mm-hmm. could take a while.
0: It's a way to cleanse the system.
1: It is. It's, it's, a, it's a yearly ritual that the rest of us can participate in. And uh, it should be a lot of fun.
0: So... So we're gonna talk about each of our ten predictions for things that may come true within the next ten years. So those of you listening to the show in the year twenty thirty, you can get out your tally and see how we score on these.
1: Yeah, this is fun because you know the futurism is is part of the show. I mean that's part of what we're we're getting at. It's like what's gonna happen in the future based on what we know about where we are today and what's happened in the past. And, of course, you know, there's always a little bit of humor when it comes to the futurism stuff because, you know, there's this balance between things that are kind of obvious and kind of lame predictions that are like, oh, of course it's going to come true. We're going to have a couple of those. But then there's the more interesting ones where it's probably not going to happen, but if you say it and it happens, you're going to sound really smart in 10 years. So we're there's, going to try to do some of those as well.
0: And there's no doubt that a lot of crazy things are going to happen, and people are not going to predict most of them, obviously. Predicting the future is hard. If we could predict the future easily, well, <laughs> we wouldn't have to invent. We wouldn't actually have to invent anything. We'd just think about the stuff we're supposed to invent. <laughs> like
1: right, that. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The uh, Have you seen the show Dark?
0: Oh, you know, I just started watching that on, last podcast night. on uh, Netflix. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's pretty good. It's 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 you know it's this whole time travel thing, and they they bring up all the different paradoxes and so on and so forth. Uh, pretty pretty good show. It's, it is very dark, but it's a good show.
0: I think at, at some time we may have to do a show on time travel tropes, and maybe even go through the movie Primer. Have you seen Primer? I don't think so. Oh, it's a great it's a great movie for insanely complex and sort of gritty, realistic time travel. Maybe we can look at that someday.
1: Yeah, no, that'd be fun. Now, time travel is a good one. Um, I don't think time travel is happening in the next ten years.
0: I don't think so either. So it's not going to. Yeah. We, we can't really get into that today.
1: It didn't make a list.
0: So we, but well, we... we are
1: traveling into the future with our predictions because they're going to be spot on.
0: Well mine will be spot on (laughs) we may have some disagreements about some of these too we
1: do i think we do i think we do so yeah yeah so what are some of your predictions
0: okay so let's uh let's take the topic of autonomous cars and where that goes because everybody has a prediction about autonomous cars and everybody's predicting oh there'll be x year that autonomous cars will come out but i think there are all kinds of other things that um might happen as a consequence of development to these two so here's one so autonomous like autonomous vehicles on farms i think are going to be a much bigger deal Mm -hmm. because i think that's going to be the thing that moves um moves towards almost fully automated farming right you can once you have cars that are able to transport things and you know get around the farm and efficiently manage all these resources i think you could i mean that could well i guess it could depopulate the rural areas unfortunately i mean it's not it's not a good thing for small hobby for farmers, farmers. <laughs> right. for small hobby farmer but that kind of stuff seems like it could be more or less automated
1: right yeah um, the agribusiness is a big story that doesn't get talked about much from the past couple of decades really i mean just the advances in technology with tractors and harvesting equipment and of sure. course you know all all the animal husbandry stuff that's happened so far i think your point is is well taken i mean the next logical step would be you don't even need a person driving the tractor at all and you could have huge swaths of land uh, essentially farmed with machines
0: yeah i and think there's, it's there's just... so
1: much being done with drones and you know other sensing technology as well yeah i mean we're we're able to produce a ton of food with very little human input,
0: yeah, and I guess maybe it's not the most dramatic uh, thing to say that that'll just be on the increase. And you can think about more things that um, that AI would would be able to take over. That pe- that people still have to operate on some level for kind of you know kind of overseeing the whole thing, but probably certainly less manual labor.
1: Right. I mean, maybe someone's in the, driving around in the tractor just because. You know why not? It's Just kind of yeah, someone out there, you know, but they don't have the to form. really do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had a prediction. You know, my one of my predictions was self driving cars are a real thing. Flying cars and jetpacks are not.
0: So, oh, <laughs> okay. so if you
1: look at you know the futurism from the past, the fifties or whatever. Yeah. By now, twenty twenty, we're supposed to have flying cars.
0: Well, we yeah, don't. and, and jetpack. And we're not now. gonna have
1: we're not gonna have flying cars in 2030 either. It just well inefficient I mean, I, doesn't make sense.
0: I might have to disagree with you on this.
1: I guess I think we have to define then a few terms. Like, what does self driving car being a real thing mean, and what is having flying cars and jetpacks? Okay. I mean, so sure, when... you could have a flying car. I mean, you could have had a flying car in 1950 as well, if you define like a like you know, you just make a plane that is like a little bit better suited for driving around.
0: But it's you not know. the same as everybody... It, people aren't like, using it.
1: Yeah, people aren't using it to get around.
0: Full of flying cars and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's not going to happen. It's just impractical. It's just impractical. You end up running into each other because yeah. managing...
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Managing the airspace becomes a huge hassle.
0: Well, but, I mean, that's a hassle that could be figured out with AI. I mean, it's Right, another... but... <laughs> it's another demand I mean aren't there those uh flying cars in what is it Abu Dhabi that uh, are planned to I mean they were planned to have been up already this year that they'd be it's like drones that can carry a couple people and they can fly up to the top of skyscrapers if you need so you you can just go right through the traffic
1: isn't that like a helicopter uh yeah I
0: maybe it's more like a, I mean they call them drones but I guess it's maybe it's just like a helicopter yeah. but they're they may need a human pilot down on the ground, like overseeing them. So that doesn't, I don't know if that counts as fully automatic.
1: No, I think that's fine. I, I think that's fine. I, I, yeah, I think so. I, I sure the tech, I mean, there's always this question of like, you know, helicopters, are they like, you know, what's a drone? What's a helicopter? What's a flying car? You know, if, if a helicopter can, you know, has wheels instead of flying car, Right
0: now, we're just playing with semantics
1: here. Now we're playing, yeah, exactly. But you know, people aren't going to like go to their driveway, get in in a vehicle that flies and fly off to work. That's just not going to happen in 10 years or ever, Mm -hmm. really, probably. It's just not the right way, it's not the practical way to do it. It's not efficient. Hmm. It's way more efficient to like put someone in a tube, right? So, like, okay, the bigger point here with the self driving car thing is. It's not the tube thing, but it's 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 the same concept. It's like what what you really the problem you're trying to solve is you need to get everybody lined up. It's all about getting people lined up and going in the same direction, right at the same time, at the same velocity. Acceleration is your enemy when you're trying to you know, manage traffic of any kind, whether it be air traffic or or, or 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 street traffic or foot traffic, any kind of traffic. It's when there's dis different changes in velocity across different you know actors in the in the in the world there so like cars going at constant velocity on the highway are able to interact very smoothly it's just the problem is when everyone slows down
0: well this is what this is my pet peeve too that when you're at a stop sign Mm -hmm. and the person in front of you takes like their delay is a little bit and then the other person in front of you has a little delay and i would think if you just all just follow each other at the same time if you'd start at the same time which you could coordinate yes a little drum time, roll but, please yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could coordinate through through automatic driving um you would you'd get a lot more people through that stop sign and then i wouldn't be the last one sitting there waiting at the red <laughs>
1: <side>. <laughs> no absolutely no i it's a, and it's a super good point and it's the big the big distinction is between what you might call smart highways, and self-driving cars. Self-driving cars are just whatever. They don't really help you that much. The person driving the car maybe gets a little bit more rest. Maybe they can spend, you know, they have another half hour to like scroll, you know, their social media, which is Mm -hmm. like, is that advancing anything really? I don't think so. So Tesla kind of does this now. I mean, you have cars that can do this now, basically. Autopilot, right? Mm -hmm. doesn't really help you that much. For this to be a real major advancement so that people get where they're going faster and more people get where they're going faster with fewer accidents, the cars need to talk to each other.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: That's that's the part that's missing right now. And that's the part that I think is going to be hard. because it, And the reason why it's hard, it's not technical. And this is the big theme of my whole top 10 was that it's not the, the things that, are hard to do in ten years. Are not the technology things we can do so much with technology. We have so much technology now that's just sitting on the sidelines anyway. The hard thing is coordinating it. You know, especially at the level of society, getting people to work together to use the technology in a smart way. That's the that's the problem.
0: So, because there's that's too the many there's too many people trying to make uh, autonomous cars, all with their own particular uh, way of doing it their own communication systems they need to have some standardization
1: yes exactly exactly and and that and that requires you know something at the level of uh, you know the society I mean you could imagine an industrial standard that would that would solve it but it would be it it would I, I would predict that that doesn't happen in 10 years. The only way you could solve it in 10 years is if the government came in and said, This is the standard, this is these are the sensors we're going to use on the highways, this is how cars need to talk to each other. Obviously you're gonna need, you know, all the technology is coming from industry, but you need some sort of regulatory body to like coordinate that. Because Elon Musk has no interest in, you know, giving Ford the keys to his technology, right? Why would he do that? Right. He wants um, everyone to drive a Tesla.
0: So okay, so maybe so now the question is it's different than is the technology there?
1: Right. No, the can technology you, is totally gonna be there in ten years. hundred percent. Well, okay. It's already so basically that's what, there now.
0: That's what I would say is the tech is in ten years we can have good automated flying drones that we ride yep. in, right? taxis like so if you were to take that. if you were to take them out to the middle of nevada or something like that it would respond just fine it would be a problem if you were in a city because you know airspace and
1: you know right so you'd have all these you know if you that's a problem you start getting these once the they congested with, yeah exactly same with self-driving cars the same problem they're going to run into which is that the rule sets for the different self-driving cars are going to start to conflict so at the end of the day it results if everyone is, if there's just too many cars and they're all operating on different rule sets, the net result is still just a traffic jam. I mean, everyone's just still sitting <laughs> in their cars in a parking lot, right? It's the same problem we have today. It doesn't solve the, the actual problem that we're trying to solve, which is, I mean, putting my hands on the steering wheel and using my feet to do the grass, gas and brakes, I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. That's great. I'm totally cool with that. I just don't want to sit in traffic.
0: Well, if it's more I mean, at the very least, it could be an issue of safety.
1: Right. It is. I mean Yeah, I mean I, I think it won't it won't be very long if we're not already there that self-driving cars are safer than human driving cars.
0: I would definitely trust an algorithm over my brain. Yeah. For driving. I mean yeah. and the sensors that would come with it too, like what yeah. what a self-driving car is going to be able to see and pick up on.
1: See it all yeah, you know, behind you. To the yeah. sides yeah no i mean it's it's definitely there it's definitely gonna i mean certainly in 10 years it'll it'll they will definitely be safer there's no question i think okay. i think they will be safer enough and it'll be efficient enough that people will be using them a lot of people will be using them they'll be all over the place okay so and, let's get a specific
0: you know, uh specific prediction joe so uh what
1: i'd say the majority of cars on the road will be self-driving cars in, in 10
0: years over fifty percent, you that's would say.
1: Right. Yep. Uh, have that capability. Not that they will always be in that mode, but they will have that mode.
0: Okay, that's a prediction. Okay, we'll fact check that in ten years.
1: Yes, we'll come back in ten years on episode five thousand of the show.
0: And my modest prediction is that you'll have a, you'll have well performing autonomous uh, flying drones that you can you could use in remote locations but probably won't be able to use in cities okay Okay. and if it comes true i will be i'll be flying one of those i'll be i'll be moving to nevada
1: (laughs) (laughs) well maybe it's maybe it's more the kind of thing where you go to vegas and it's like an activity that you do oh yeah right right between your between your time at the casino that you can you can go shoot ar-15s or you can go fly one of these autonomous drones
0: well vegas seems like a great place to be the first first place to have autonomous let's let's
1: property. add let's let's have a pile on prediction that the first place that this will be popular in the u.s is in is in vegas
0: people who are looking for something new something novel they're also totally drunk i mean that's <laughs> yeah they're, they're right. not
1: gonna they're not gonna be flying the drone that would be unfa- unsafe
0: yeah okay they're, well there it is they're, they're wasted flying taxis in las vegas that's okay that's my end prediction flying taxis in las vegas all right cool, so let's cool, mo- cool. let's move on from autonomous cars what else do we have here what let's talk about
1: what, let's talk else. about CRISPR. Let's talk about CRISPR. CRISPR. Yeah. So my my prediction about CRISPR is that people are going to start trying to use CRISPR to enhance intelligence. So they're going to be trying to like cut out little pieces of DNA, replace them with different pieces and try to make people smarter. And there are going to be problems.
0: Okay, details. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know this the whole thing with with crispr is is you know you've got the the sort of mainstream crispr that's happening in labs in like a methodical scientific you know reasonably um reasonably uh safe La- and,
0: laboratory laboratory yeah lab exactly level equipment
1: yeah yeah and people you know trying it first on mice and then trying it on larger animals and so on and so forth and then you've got the the Yahoos at home, right. who can buy a kit for like a thousand bucks on the dark web and you know do their own CRISPR at home, and people will be trying to hack their brains. And I've, I I predict there will be some pretty significant negative side effects. Uh, <laughs> <side> effects <laughs> There's some
0: there'll be some of Darwin, Darwin awards handed out for that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you just look at how much, uh, you know, people are zapping their brains today with electricity and we've talked about that i mean it's Mm -hmm. like you know it's not it's probably pretty safe actually but you know it's it's kind of dodgy and you don't really know what you're getting yourself into i mean if there's so many people willing to do that i'm sure they're a smaller percentage but still a lot of people willing to try CRISPR to to make themselves smarter and i think eventually that is a thing that will be possible and that's going to be a whole topic but in the next ten years, I don't think it will actually work efficiently and well. So it's just going to be a lot of weird Darwin Award type stories.
0: Um, more details again. So what, like extra eyes? Like,
1: uh... <laughs> well, I think there's going to be, yeah, it's going to ha- you're going to have weird mental problems. That's really what it is. Weird people, mental, I mean, it,
0: like, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. You're going to have people who are, you know, you know, having strange effects of like for example if you if you enhance memory in a certain way where you can like be very you can very clearly remember certain events but you know that might have other knock-on consequences to the rest of your cognition that are hard to predict
0: right so we know i mean this this seems to show up in in brain research all the time that usually an enhancement in some area leads to a deficit in another area and for the most part something like photographic memory is not a useful thing for people to have because it it ends up being more confusing than it is helpful and not a good way to organize information.
1: Right, it can be can be distracting. You'll have this very vivid memory that will pop up in a in a situation that may not be helpful and it, you know that that memory can be quite distracting. So for what example.
0: we may so what we may see is people trying out CRISPR and more kind of uh, seeing what side of what kind of benefits they can get and what kinds of horrible side effects they'll have.
1: That's right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, we can learn from that.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, it's going to be interesting. CRISPR is super interesting from that perspective. Just the fact that you can start to really, um, you know, design your own DNA or design a a being's DNA um, is, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be big. Let's just say that. The consequences are going to be enormous over the next 10 years.
0: Well, I have two predictions that I think would relate to CRISPR because I'm sure that's on everybody's future list.
1: Yeah, of course, you've got you have to have something about CRISPR.
0: So the first one is um, first one is a bold prediction that the first commercially available genetically modified food is going to be released in England. And it will be called CRISPR chips made from modified <laughs> potatoes. So <laughs> that's a specific prediction. That's, just, a that's like really specific. Whoever decides, that, whoever wants to do that, I'm just throwing that idea out there. You can even have the brand too, CRISPR, CRISPR
1: chips. chips. <laughs> we're no, no, no trademark Mod- here. Where this is open source,
0: modified by CRISPR to be CRISPR. <laughs> okay, and then <laughs> and then the other. The other one that I had was thinking about I think CRISPR probably plays into genetically modified foods and probably into whatever comes next for fake meat, right?
1: Right, th- right, right. Fake meat is a big topic. Yeah, I like this one.
0: It's hard to imagine uh, I I don't know if I don't know if everybody's going to go towards plant-based Food in ten years, I think that's way too early. What I'm what I'm thinking is just more genetic modifications on, you know, fatter and fatter chickens. Maybe you can take out their cortex. Be a, I mean, well, you know, that's an
1: interesting thought, right? I mean, if you could, if you could, basically, for example, right? I mean, we think about I well, anyway, I my first thought when I think about fake meat is you're growing muscle tissue. In a petri dish, which is like the right. thing that people are doing. And that's, you know, right now it's very expensive to do, but mm-hmm. people are doing it. You can do it. It makes sense for hamburger, right? You know, for hamburger, yeah. it's, you know, you're just it's kind of mashing that stuff up anyway. Doesn't really matter how it's all organized together, as long as you've got the right kinds of proteins and it looks basically like the right color. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm thinking you might need, okay. you might need some kind of other besides muscle i think some other parts of the organism maybe you've got you know fat circulatory system
1: yeah you need blood yeah for sure
0: all of that kind of stuff but you have it controlled you don't need to have it controlled with a cortex i don't know
1: yeah exactly and and then the interesting question for me as as you bring this up is if you take out the cortex so the the animal no longer has a brain yeah does that assuage some of your concerns from an ethical standpoint about the fact that you're housing this living being in a, like a totally horrific, you know,
0: I can't help but think so. Mad like, Max
1: kind of environment that they live in.
0: I mean, well, I don't know actually. <laughs> these kinds <laughs> of things, these kinds of horror scenarios, always sound like. I mean, you can't really go right either way, but. I guess I would have Well, no, but I,
1: the horse is to be clear, the horse scenario that I'm talking about is current the current farming practices around like animals. Y- yeah. Right? I mean like how how chickens are currently farmed today. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. So subjectively disgusting.
0: I, so I looked I looked this up and according to estimates there are somewhere around 23 billion chickens in the world.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's a lot
0: and also strangely enough there are about 65 billion chickens that are eaten each year which you know sort of tells you something about the lifespan of a chicken not very long so it goes through that fairly quickly i mean they so i i would have to imagine that if what you're really concerned about is the suffering of a creature living in one of these horrible factory farms you're going to reduce the suffering by reducing the conscious experience and you know, if you can if you can take out a brain, I think you're well, I mean, I don't know if you're ethically in the clear, but at least you seem right. to be moving in the right direction.
1: You're moving towards I mean, there's this whole thing about I mean right. Some people would argue, and I think it's not crazy, that all things have some sort of consciousness.
0: Pan psychism, yeah.
1: And even more people would argue that all living things, at least, have some consciousness. And so as you get into that, you know, lettuce, I mean, like what's the consciousness of a lettuce, you know? But, you know, you're moving, tw- I mean, I think we just, in terms of, you know, how we feel about it, I think we all, pretty much, not everybody, but almost everybody feels a little bit better about the lettuce than they do about the chicken. Yeah, and you're moving the chicken towards the lettuce. If you take that, if you take the brain out, you're definitely getting closer to lettuce. And you grow it in the petri dish, and you're you're much, 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 much closer to lettuce. I
0: think you bring up. I think that you've got a, that's a perfectly stated goal. We want to move from chicken towards lettuce,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with the, the ch- deliciousness of chicken.
0: In terms of sentience, that we, <laughs> in terms of the sentience that we're farming.
1: Yeah, the, the the brains of lettuce with all the deliciousness and flavor of chicken.
0: Yes. And I would be and that protein would be perfect, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. That's where we're going. So, how, how where are we going to be in ten years on that?
0: I, my prediction is we just have more bigger chickens. <laughs> we, so we just have.
1: I think Wait, at it's this a, point, okay,
0: it, we're not moving. We're not. We're probably not. We're not moving move, in
1: a positive direction. Basically,
0: I think it'll come. Maybe come eventually, but I think we're just going to have. You know, ridiculous looking chickens that have huge huge like bigger breasts and wings and everything and and uh maybe they're dumber. That would be a bonus, but uh (laughs) but but I guess yeah, I don't see I don't see us moving to a meat free not that's not happening yet. That could be some ways to the future.
1: I and I think this this speaks to back to the other the, the previous point, which is again I think a big theme of this whole thing is the technology to make the world better is going to be there and not much of it already is, but we won't use it because we're dumb. Hmm. And the way that we're dumb specifically is it's hard for us to get together on things. It's hard for us to agree on things, right? It's like we're looking at the world, not as like a, what's the best thing for everybody all together on average, or even like in total, but rather like, am I doing better than the next guy? And that's going to be, that continues to be the problem. Well, but and that, that gets th- me to, to one of my predictions. Oh, okay. Which is so what people continue, okay. this is number, this is prediction number eight.
0: So we each have 10 predictions. We're kind of going through them in different. Yeah, areas. we're going through
1: kind of more on topic. Cause I think it's like hard to like, it would be kind of boring to, to just like go through one, two, three, four. Cause yeah. they, we have some of the same ones, but we have different takes.
0: Yes. Okay, so your next prediction, Joe.
1: Number eight is people continue to be dicks to each other, even though they don't need to anymore. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to file this under like not very bold.
0: Not a bold prediction, but...
1: I feel very confident on this prediction. So I think the interesting part of this is like the don't need to anymore part, right?
0: Yeah, so flesh this one out
1: because the, the, the people the fact that people are going to be dicks to each other I mean that's a fucking, I mean that's the easiest prediction in the world I, I can make that prediction for 20 million years from now if there there won't be people but as as far into the future as there will be people they're going to continue to be dicks to each other and the reason that they don't need to anymore it gets to actually back to your your topics around farming. We already produce more than enough food to support mm-hmm. everybody on the planet if we were if we were smart about it, and we were kind to each other, and we were thoughtful. Everyone could eat. Everyone could eat.
0: Yeah, this is okay. So this is a uh, ine- a bit of an inequality issue.
1: It's uh... inequality distribution topics exactly. Hoarding, you know, waste, throwing stuff away, and in ten years, we're going to have it's going to be super efficient and cheap to feed everyone on the planet. Easy. The distribution would be possible, you know, productivity is going to be there, and it would be inexpensive relatively to everything else that we're doing to just make sure that no one went hungry, everyone ate.
0: I guess this is sort of in the topic. I mean, you know, this all this stuff that's gaining traction now around universal basic income and just sort of thinking of a way to allow for a basic set of things that we can provide for every single human on the planet. Right. right, that that everyone should have, you know, you know we have human rights that we consider basic in America, and you know a universal set of basic human rights. You know, as, I, I, think as, so. as yeah, I think so. progress continues, I mean, you want you want to be able to have that progress benefit everybody.
1: I think so. I would like to see that, and I think you know, food is one for sure. That's the number one, and then you know, a place to live. You know, stable, safe, secure place to live. It doesn't have to be fancy, it doesn't have to be big, just like a place to, to you know lie your head and put your shit. And uh, some healthcare, you know some basic health, right? Healthcare, everyone should uh, have all that stuff, you know, but we won't we won't we won't do those things. And we could. Just like we could have car, you know highways that are smart and all the cars efficiently move around each other. In a in a fast and safe way, we're not going to do that either.
0: Well, your future For the seems, same reason. Your future seems to be kind of a bureaucratic uh, nightmare.
1: <laughs> well, no, but I mean the future is just more of the like the the, the 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 grid. The future is gridlock at the level of cooperation and uh, you know getting along, and tremendous growth in terms of technological capabilities.
0: But yet inefficiently distributed.
1: Inefficiently distributed, and the inefficiency of the distribution is is what prevents a lot of these technologies from really achieving positive outcomes, or the most positive possible outcomes.
0: Okay. Um, how about? Are we, have we covered that topic?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the that's the big point.
0: Okay, I have I have one in the area so my number five uh, number six on here is uh, office use of artificial intelligence will increase so this is a boring one i guess but i would imagine i mean what i can see is there's so many people that have boring drudgery office jobs right and i could i could see a lot of that stuff um, just. Being able to take any of the repetitive stuff that's done day to day—filing paperwork, you know, making appointments—all of that stuff—I think you're going to have a, you know, digital assistants that are going to be smart enough so that they can handle that stuff more seamlessly. And the job of someone working in the office is really just going to be a higher level and and less repetitive stuff. That's what I—I I mean, that's the hope.
1: I could see that. I could you know, see the that. dream,
0: I mean, like the dream for AI is that it gets you out of doing the boring stuff. And it'd be nice to see some of that happen. And I I mean, as a matter of economics, it seems like it should be happening in, in office, office settings. And there's certainly the incentive to do it because it costs less.
1: I think if, you know, thinking about your job, Rolf, as like a professor yeah. It feels like the most boring part of that job from my experience anyway, is grading papers.
0: You're not wrong. Yeah.
1: You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So do you think do you think AI is gonna be grading grading your papers in ten years?
0: That's an interesting question because um I could see the demand to do AI grading, but I could see real um I could see students students being really not happy with that. Um I don't think I mean, if if I had access to AI to grade a paper, then students could also have access to that same thing. All oh, right, and they, yeah, they should just, they should have they access get, to get that the team. key,
1: and then it's just a matter of yeah, plugging yeah. it into the key. Mm-hmm.
0: They should be able to use AI as much as you know as much as anyone else. And but yeah, I I, I think that's one thing I can see a lot of areas in education and teaching where it seems like things would have been algorithmatized, but they haven't been. I think online teaching is, has, has really failed. Um, you know, it had tons of promise. People thought that traditional brick and mortar colleges were just going to disappear. But there's, there's so many issues with online education that it's just, it's not going away. any that real education is not going away anytime soon. Right you're going to need teachers i think
1: yeah no i th- I, I agree i agree but if you think about just from the ai perspective within the office space as it kind of relates to to, to papers as, as specifically in some ways like spell check and grammar check are like a very sort of it seems trivial now but if you th- i mean kind of pretty deep use of that that we're doing already Yeah. Right. I I mean, like you you write a paper. And, uh, you know, when I was writing my thesis, this was not that long ago, like what was it? 2002, I guess I got my PhD, Um, which is now quite a long time ago, actually. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think about it. Um, But, you know, spell check was there. That was a thing. Didn't work very well. Didn't really use it that much. Grammar check was pretty garbage. Um we had you know we obviously we had word processing, so that was an advantage um but I mean nowadays i you know I never learned how to spell properly I never did I still don't I still mm-hmm. don't know how to spell I don't i mean i really never I just never learned and then all of a sudden technology came to the point where you just don't you need don't to need
0: to anymore you just need to have the yeah. thought
1: yeah I know and so I never learned it and never have to learn it. I will never learn it. And I'm totally fine. It's never, it used to be a problem for me. It was like a problem. I would, I would do like relatively poorly on spelling tests, for example. I mean, compared to, I mean, I was, you know, not, I mean, I maybe be exaggerating a little bit, but like, I wasn't a great speller and especially relative to other things that I was doing. And, you know, it just was like a problem, but because I looked dumb when when I misspelled some obvious word. But now it just you know doesn't come up this literally hasn't come up in years
0: yeah and it's interesting to th- to really think about what the set of um, capabilities that AI are gonna have that can take over these things that people you know used to think are related to being smart or cognitive capabilities like uh you know it's hard to say that that um, playing chess well is is a valuable skill in everyday life because you know, it's, you'll, you'll never beat a computer.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like now, that's never, what...
0: you, you'll never beat a calculator either. And
1: um... yeah, right. I, I I mean, the chess thing, I never, I never would have bought into that, that that was like really a thing. I never believed in that, but like, yeah, a lot of people did. A lot of people did. And now it's like hard to, it's hard to maintain those arguments to your point because of the ease at which AI beats people now.
0: At, yeah. And I think that, I chess. think the spell check example is a really good one because I think that's a perfect example of one that's already here, and you know we think about the future as being super exciting, but we don't think about spell check as being super exciting, right? Right. But but you know, it's impactful. It's impactful. It's impactful. Exactly. And I think there, I think there'll be a lot of other things like that 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 automate lower level tasks, so that you're you're just spending less time on on anything that can anything that's repeated.
1: Right. So, a couple examples here, that just extending this a little bit. One area that I think will be massively, basically, solved in 10 years. I predict this will be solved. Microsoft Word, if it's still a thing, which, I mean, it's amazing that it still exists. You have to think that it probably still will be a thing in 10 years. I mean, it's, it was a thing in like, what is it? What did they come up with, Word, like, 90, 19, uh, 90 like, or 89? Even or in
0: the late like 80s, I think. Yeah, I don't know.
1: but I mean, it's been around forever. It's been ever, around forever. Yeah. Forever. And so you imagine like Microsoft Word will have really robust grammar checks. I mean, it does still now, but to the point, I mean, really robust to the point where the the sentence structure suggestions will be basically perfect, where like style will be codified. You know, so not just like that it's not grammatically incorrect, but that your style is optimal. For the purpose that you're trying to to do now, this this brings brings up a big point, which is the the, the deep point here is that the English language ha, it continues to evolve, uh, you know, as all languages evolve, but the rate at which it's evolving in the written form is slowing, and it will come to an almost complete stop. At the point where you've codified style into an algorithm. Hmm. Because if you can define it at that level, just the way like spelling, spelling has completely stopped evolving for all intents and purposes. Right? Spelling, if you think about like from like late, you know, like old English to middle English to like, you know, modern English, the spelling just massively changed massively change of all kinds of words that that evolution has completely stopped. And a lot of it now it starts with writing and then dictionaries. And then when the dictionaries are automatically, you know, included in the input device, now there's no even opportunity to miss quote unquote, misspell something. Right.
0: Hmm. And yeah, so and there's no the I,
1: evolution I, of, of spelling. is, is just stops.
0: I guess this plays into your idea of uh, of organizing by having common languages, say between uh, automated cars or between computers on the way that they um, uh, the way that they treat information, so that so that it's all standardized. Uh, And one other, so I have a related. I I think this is related to your predictions too. So, um, thinking about AI, one of my predictions is. Applications will be developed exclusively for artificial intelligence interfaces. So I guess to stick with Microsoft Word, I maybe this maybe this is totally off base, but you can you could develop a version of Microsoft Word that um can interface much m- much better with uh say a digital assistant. Say if you had a You know, a digital assistant like Siri that also had a visual interface that you could interact with and that could interact with Microsoft Word to create a document uh, and could interface with Excel to create a spreadsheet and all of this stuff so that you you could have better integration with your assistant. Which, you know, I guess is the advantage of being an artificial intelligence is that you can quickly interface and get data in this digital form in a way that a person can't. So that's that's my prediction. You're going to get apps that are developed specifically for interfacing with artificial intelligence. Maybe it'll be in the background, but um, I think you'll see more of that. You certainly have some of that already with Alexa, right? But yeah, yeah I no, think I, you'll I, see I, that increase greatly with productivity kinds of things.
1: You see, the big tech companies all believe this. I mean, they're you know Google, uh, Apple, Amazon.
0: Right, we've got an assistant. They've all they've all got an assistant that they that they could think of as as just continuing to expand.
1: Right, so everyone wants you to talk. Yes, into it. Right, uh, I think that speech to text will be solved in ten years. Uh, that's a prediction. It will be okay, solved. That's the prediction. It will work basically perfectly. Right. Okay. To, how, to the logical least, extent I, of which it can be that you could call it perfect because there's. People say things that aren't really words. Well, t- uh, as
0: good as a person say, as good as a, good as a person, yeah,
1: as good as a person, as good as a person, as as a person hearing it, the yeah. computer will hear it as well, yeah, and be able to transcribe it as well as a person could.
0: Yeah, that's. That well, I think we're actually
1: pretty close. I mean, this yeah, might be even like two like years away. from now, yeah, three years from now. But it's it's taken longer than I would have predicted in 2010 that by 2020 we would have that. I think most people in the field would have predicted that by 2020, we would have had that at 2010 we, and we're not right. It's harder than we thought, but it's harder than we thought. I've
0: got to say Alexa and Siri and all that 20 years ago would we're seem bad. like magic, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. No, like, yeah, yeah exactly. The, yeah, I'm agreeing the, with you. Yeah, what, we exactly. have now. what we have now is so much better than what we had 20 years ago. It was just garbage 20 years ago. And what we have now basically kind of works for a lot of things. And you kind of use it a little bit now and here and there. Yeah, in ten years, you could use it if you wanted to everywhere. Now, the the, the limitation will just be places where you don't want to be making noise around other people. That's the, the the limitation, right? At the end of the day, it's just like the the interfaces where this where speaking won't be the the won't be the interface. Are just only places where it just doesn't make sense. Also, typing is fast. Actually, yeah, you can actually type faster than you can talk. Right? Isn't that right?
0: Uh I mean, you know, if you're fast typist, I guess what 120 words a minute or so. I think that's, that's a lot. little. It's. it's a lot. Yeah, but I mean, think it's, I th- think it's
1: at least as fast, if not faster, to type than to talk.
0: But you can also have a visual kind of interface too that you that you right. know, presents a lot of information to you where you can there's you can feedback. deal with it without without uh, without regular language.
1: So I think it's it, there's a the the prediction is a, is a dyad there. It's. Text-to-speech will be perfect in 20 years, as good as a human, and people will still type.
0: People will still type. Okay, I'll go with that. I think people will still type.
1: I had something kind of related to this. Uh, AI and neuroscience continue to converge. What do I mean by this? So the specific prediction is that AI models will continue to be more related to... The way that the brain works or our understanding of the way that the brain works you remember back to our storyline about you know the ai winter and this period of time starting in the 90s when people lost faith in neural networks as a solution for solving real problems um, and then you know the 2014 and on when we started to see you know neural networks and deep learning models you know, be victorious in all kinds of different contexts for solving real problems with computers. uh, These are neural, these these are systems that are inspired by our understanding of the way the brain works. And I continue to believe that as we understand how the brain works, we will get increasingly better algorithms through that inspiration. That's my prediction. It's a little vague. It's a little vague.
0: No, but. it's a, but um, I don't. I don't think it's vague because I think it. It really could go both ways. It could be. It that could go both ways. Yeah. It it could be that, you know, and this is what a lot of people had thought. I guess is that, you know, the brain has essentially nothing to do with neural networks. That they're, that they're so radically different that. You can't really use one to say much about the other, even though that was their original intent. They were built as these mathematical structures. Turns out they were good at you know certain kinds of supervised learning, but nothing like the brain. But so the, I think I think your prediction is interesting in that way that you're you're really saying that there's there's going to be more inspiration. We have a lot to learn about how the brain works in teaching us how to how to create something artificial.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, th- I And it gets to this point that the brain is really complicated and amazing at how it performs tasks. The human brain is, is really amazing. And we haven't begun to understand it even a little bit. And all the, the learning and technology that we've made advances in, in chemistry, biology, physics, we're so advanced in some of these areas. We're still babies in our understanding of neuroscience. Just babies.
0: Little tiny babies.
1: Little tiny babies. <laughs> I mean, you get to this question of like supervised learning is an interesting one because with AI, it starts to get really advanced. You know, Building a good AI model depends so much on having well-labeled data. I mean data that is well organized and well labeled.
0: That's right, yeah.
1: And the labeling itself is still absolutely 100% a human endeavor. 100%. Yeah, it has to originate
0: it has to originate from a a concept, a concept or a concept category or a that goal. that a person has. that, That's that right. it's a human concept, yeah.
1: What is the origin of that concept of that goal? What is the what is the initiative that produces that? That is the thing that we just have no idea about how to like think about.
0: Give an example right. of that. What do you mean?
1: Well, so I mean, I'm talking about consciousness fundamentally, right? So you have the idea that you want to build an algorithm that detects, you know, um, when you know the price of potatoes is going to go down so that you can, you know, build your CRISPR business. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, what, what was, what was the impetus for that? Where did that idea come from? How, how did that, that those sets of electrical chemical signals in your brain manifest into this notion or idea that you wanted to do that, you know, and then that the experience of that, where did that, you know, how does that, Where does that come from? We don't know. We have no idea.
0: Nope, we don't.
1: So So, the mystery will be there. The mystery of consciousness will still be there. We won't have solved consciousness in 10 years. uh, That's a bonus bonus throwaway one because I guarantee that's true. I think that's a safe bet. That's a safe bet, yeah.
0: All right, let me throw another one out. Totally different topic. So I have as number 10 on my list that... It's a prediction about Bitcoin.
1: Whoa! <clears throat> All right, get get your get so your, like your uh, Robin Hood's out. Everyone have, get their their trading apps out.
0: I have, I I don't have a lot of faith in. This Bit- is
1: not investment advice. <laughs> no, this is
0: not investment <laughs> advice. I don't have a lot of faith as Bitcoin as in Bitcoin as a long term thing. I know there's diehards, and they they'll probably take offense at this. But I my prediction to make an interesting prediction. I predict that Bitcoin. Bitcoin's going to crash, at least to the level where it may get consolidated in some form. So I predict it crashes to a pretty low level. Some some actor buys them all up, and they get used for some other corporate purpose. Bitcoin, Bitcoin it's going to be like Disney Bitcoin or something like that. That's my prediction. <laughs> what It'll about Facebook?
1: you think Facebook's going to? Oh, geez. What Facebook's uh, cryptocurrency?
0: Uh, I. Look, that could I mean, be Mark, that could be Mark Zuckerberg
1: is going to be our fearless leader in 10 years. He's going to be the czar of, uh, you know, America, Stan.
0: Oh, I don't want that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything against, uh, I don't have anything against leaders of tech companies, but
1: I don't think. Uh, yeah. Or ruthless dictators.
0: Yeah, I do. I guess now that you think, now that you say that, I do have something against ruthless dictators. <laughs> so, what's your prediction about Bitcoin?
1: Good question. I don't have one, but no, I wasn't I, I'll, list, I'll, spe- I'll speculate. I'll speculate. It's something I have thought about, but I just really, really don't know where it's going. I just have no intuition. I did spend yeah, a little. Isn't that funny? Where... It
0: seems like almost a coin toss whether it'll whether it'll go up to an insane amount or go down to nothing.
1: Yeah, and I think. I think there's two questions that are interrelated, but but very very different in terms of where they're going to go. One is cryptocurrencies, and the other is Bitcoin specifically. Right. right. And then you could have there is you know you could draw a you know a four quadrant thing and say you know up down you know for each of those.
0: Mm, and, okay, you know, they, I see they, where you're they,
1: going. All possibilities are there. You know, the cryptocurrency could be huge. Bitcoin could be the winner. Cryptocurrency could be small. You know, so yeah, you know, all of those things are possible.
0: So what's your so, take? What do you think? Where where do the arrows go?
1: Well, I, I think that Bitcoin itself is nothing special. I don't see anything special about that's Bitcoin. Right. It was one of the first ones. And so I but think that's
0: the only thing it offers, really. That's the only it was, thing it offers. It, it has some offering. cred because yeah. it was the first one. But
1: I think I think the winning. All right. Here's a prediction the winning cryptocurrency will be backed by something
0: all right there you have it
1: right so in other words like right now crypto like bitcoin's not backed by anything right there's no back which backing
0: which to means it. and this is
1: not not, not backed back by the full faith and credit of uh mark zuckerberg's you know uh, seaside ranch you know or, or whatever you know like somehow you have to put some something some collateral behind it Right, whether right. that be like the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, or, 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 or stock and you know, uh, equity in Facebook, or, uh, you know, CRISPR chips, or whatever right. it is, Right,
0: right.
1: right. <laughs> you know, it's got to be backed up by something.
0: Well, I think that, and I once mean... you've
1: got that, then you've got something. You got something. Uh, if if somebody in some in the, the, the interesting thing about to me about cryptocurrencies, interesting thing is a, is an international. And international topics because when you can pay somebody in a foreign country using a currency that is not intermediated by the governments of either country, that is a real value. There's, there's clearly value. There's
0: that. clearly value. There's clearly value there. The problem,
1: especially with- because you know it's it's difficult sometimes to create these transactions. There's a lot of barriers put up.
0: Here's the problem with that though: is that that seems like the kind of thing that w- if you wanted that you would also want a really stable currency because you're looking to you're looking to reduce transaction costs and keep your money right but the problem with bitcoin is it's extremely unstable and yep. you can't know from one day to the next you know what your risk is going to look like from having bitcoin so you know what you would you know what a lot of people would do is Buy bitcoins with dollars, trade in bitcoins, and then sell bitcoins in dollars. Which is not a sustainable system. That's not a good way to make transactions. I think. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I think. I mean, it's the same reason exactly why Bitcoin, right.
0: it's the reason why bitcoins are popular is because people want to make ton loads of money off of them. So people at the same the reason people buy bitcoins is is the hope that it'll make them tons of money. So they're hoping that it's going to. Be in high fluctuation so investors you know there's so, there's sort of it's a kind of a catch-22 i guess it's like they were it, people that are pouring money into it are causing high fluctuations and people that want the currency as an actual thing for legitimate reasons would like something that's stable and i think like you say you have to have something that backs it i think there are isn't there a, isn't there some coin that has a backing to it i forget
1: I'm sure there is, I don't know, I don't know I'm sure I'm sure these business small so we're not the first people to thought have thought about this. right
0: this is, no uh, no, no, yeah, this is yeah. like where we're at the like first stages of thinking about this but i yeah, yeah. I, I I personally don't have I don't have faith in Bitcoin as a long term stable currency
1: no, I think you you point out a really really important fundamental piece, which is the same thing that you're using as a you know to speculate on yeah. with hope of future gain should not be the same thing that you use to buy your milk exactly <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah or or pay your developer or you know whatever it is like
0: that's right your currency should be
1: different your developer than, 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 needs to buy milk so your currency
0: like, should not be where the risk is
1: no exactly that's not but i mean the 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 ability to i mean to circumvent if you will to transcend, really, uh, international bullshit is mm-hmm. profound. I mean, if you start thinking about the way that we're working today already, especially in tech, especially anything that's software based, hardware based stuff too, but like especially software, there's just absolutely it doesn't really matter where you are at all. Right. Like as long as you speak a common language between the the, the group of people who are talking or are working together even if that language is like you know C++ sure. right you can work together and if that creates a huge incentive for people it, it, there's a huge pressure for the work to flow to places where there is an Im, a relative imbalance between how much things cost and how well educated people are so in the US things are expensive and people are well-educated relatively, you know, in places like, you know, parts of Eastern Europe, for example, there are a lot of really well-educated people and things are cheap. Um, and so you know, it just makes sense for so efficient. It's just sort of like a more yeah. efficient
0: market for, uh, for, and the, and the barriers to that are,
1: people. are the, the corrupt governments in between. And I mean, part of it's just straight corruption and part of it's, you know, the vested interests and, not not having free trade because you want to, whatever, protect your industries. So, yeah, you know, but that currency is a big piece of it. So if you can, and a payment system, so like trying to like run a credit card in a foreign country can be a big problem if you're not actually there yourself. Um, and if you had a system for transacting, I mean, that's, Bitcoin does that now. You can do that now with Bitcoin. But your point, the, the reason why it's not more popular for that is that it is unstable.
0: Yeah, so uh, my prediction specifically to Bitcoin, I guess that I, I don't, I wouldn't say anything about any other blockchain technology. Maybe something else will pop up, but I say Bitcoin, Bitcoin's gonna fall.
1: Okay, Bitcoin is gonna fall. All you guys out there with Bitcoin, Roth is saying sell now or sell
0: can. sell before two thousand and thirty. Anyway, <laughs> sometime between now. Whenever and 2030. you feel, whenever you feel it's the best time to sell before two thousand thirty. <laughs>
1: That's a bold prediction. Okay.
0: What else do we I have?
1: have? We have. Okay. Let's see. I all right. I'm I'm going to bring things back up in terms of positivity, and say I think there is going to be a resurgency in techno optimism. Oh. Yeah.
0: So I, all you know, of the so all of the hate people are feeling towards Facebook and and Google and some of that stuff, right? May, may- I don't way. think
1: I don't think Facebook's going people are going to like Facebook more in the future. <laughs> I know I wouldn't predict that people are going to like Facebook more in the future. I, I, I don't necessarily think people are going to leave Facebook. I think there's just it's just going to continue to be one of those things that's there. and You you hate it.
0: You so know, maybe some will. creative destruction. There'll be some new. There that that will be new stuff. There'll be
1: new stuff that will some solve some real problems that people actually want to have solved. And they actually make them feel better. Uh, And this kind of relates to one of my other predictions, which is that technology will transform mental health care. I think this is one of the areas where, you know, there's a real opportunity to use technology to help people um, by delivering things like behavioral health care, you know, therapy, uh, you know, you have have all these apps now for like guided meditation and things like that. I think that type of technology will be moved forward and advanced.
0: We'll see some impact.
1: We'll see some impact. Yeah, that's a prediction. But the techno-optimism piece in particular is, you know, a return to a group of people, a significant group of people, really believing that they can use technology to make the world better and promoting that strongly and getting some real buy-in and having structures built that, Support that that aren't necessarily only just for profit venture back firms, but are other structures that um, maybe they're cooperatives, maybe they're not for profits, whatever they may be, that support people. You know, really trying to use technology to to help people in deep ways, not just um, you know get your toaster faster with a drone, you know, from, from Amazon, but like, you know, in some deep way, really making the world a better place.
0: Okay. So return of techno. So that's just sort of the temperature of the mood in Silicon Valley, I guess comes back. Well, I don't think
1: it's necessarily going to come from Silicon Valley either.
0: Maybe not. Yeah. Um, Maybe it comes from, yeah, maybe it comes from somewhere totally different.
1: I think that's another prediction too, is that increasingly Silicon Valley as a technology hub is, uh, is really Silicon Valley is now and will increasingly become the center for money and capital for development of new technologies but not necessarily and increasingly less so the center of real innovation so the way that New York is uh, New York and London are the financial market centers or capitals of the world in terms of just like financial transactions and banks Silicon Valley, you know, from San Jose to San Francisco, will basically become the banking center for technology, and less so the actual, uh, you know, developers of, of new innovations.
0: Yeah, and I guess this fits with your uh, your prediction about having a common language so that you can, um, or, or common language or common currency, so that you can collaborate on this stuff across the globe, so that it's easier to it's easier to do a project in a number of different places at once.
1: Yeah, great great ideas for new technologies are going to be coming from everywhere. We like like already open, see this yeah,
0: open uh so p- collaborative um open ways of doing these kinds of things.
1: What else what what do you got?
0: All right, so I have one I have one more more nerdy one specific to academia. So I'm thinking about so there's a lot of change going on in publishing in academia or at least you know people talking about change a lot in academia uh, for for journals, for publishing academic research. And um, one of the things that I think is going to happen, or I'd, I'd like to see happen, predict it'll happen, is that we're going to get a, a sort of comprehensive academic um, way of doing peer review in journals where it benefits the academic system as a whole and not publishers so that it can be done fairly people that are doing peer reviews um, aren't overburdened and they get compensated for it some way this is one of the problems with peer review systems recently is that um, there's lots of demand for reviewers but nobody really wants to do it Um,
1: yeah you have got so many journals and so many papers being written and every paper needs two or three reviewers yeah. And uh, so for every paper written, there's two or three or four as many people that need to actually read it to like before it gets plus the plus the editor. And the depth so, of their
0: comments are going to make a big impact on how good the science is going to be. So if you, you know, kind of brush it off, you're, you know, you're degrading science in a way. So hopefully there's a way to patch this system up. And I'm, you know, I'm this would be an optimistic thing, too, is that you know, the academic community gets together and figures out a common system that um, may take use, take um, some use of AI so that that this can be done in an efficient way. And, you know, people may have reputation scores and, you know, uh, peer reviewing becomes an integrated part of publishing and it, it all becomes part of one kind of system that, again, is for academia and not necessarily... For publishers, and it means more open science would be available to people, so that research results would be published in a totally open access form, um, and it would be uh, in databases, so that you could compare research much better too. So, kind of consolidating and getting stuff together, so that you know, research is searchable and and sort of streamlined. That's what I'm. That's what I think the the whole area of science is ripe for, and that's it. That's what I predict.
1: Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I um, I, I, there's a few, there's a lot to unpack there actually, because there's a bunch of different pieces to that. Um, I mean, the big problems you you sort of point to there's two to, there's like two whole sets of things, but fundamentally the problem you're sort of pointing to is that there is these for-profit publishers that are providing the service of aggregating, and also. Um, credentialing yes. the work of academics uh, meanwhile academics don't get paid that much and the research is paid for by taxpayers fundamentally and so taxpayers if they want to read the articles really can't unless they're at a university universities have to pay too much it's it's a drag and then you know you don't get really any kind of benefit or credit for for reviewing these papers Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of just like a it's kind of a lame system in a way. I mean, it basically works and sort of why it continues, but it's sort of unfair and kind of lame.
0: And there are some I mean, there are journals who are taking a stab at this and, you know, small bits, you you know, small groups that are trying to do something to reform things. But I think it'd be nice to see a more comprehensive system that that works for everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can see one of the things with this is just the open access topic. I mean, you can see this already, where um, you know you've got like things like SciHub, where you know I've heard you can access uh, journals that are that are not open source uh, pretty efficiently and easily, um, just with like a you know one redirect on your URL, for example. Mm-hmm. Again, not that I would advocate doing that or have done that but i've heard that you that <laughs> But i mean possible. you know the, the, the
0: institute <laughs> academia is generally friendly to those kinds of things
1: academia like, is friendly to that
0: they're they want now, open, the open. publishers
1: access. are not Publishing because the not. publishers you know they, that's their business they have to make money too and they have to support their business so right so I mean I think as the cost of, of actually producing the publications is goes to zero, basically. That's right. Yeah. You know, then then it becomes the impetus of like, all right, how do we work together, guys? Like, let's get together on this. Let's figure this out. We don't need we don't need a publisher. I mean, the only reason why nature is still able to be the big business that it is, is that it's got the name, it's got the brand. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. So I mean the problem with academia academics is that the idea of brand building is just anathema to like the whole way people get along in academia. Right. That's Cause right. you, what you need to do is, is you need to build like the, if you wanted like an act an academically oriented, like for academics by academics, that was open source publication. I'm sure there these exist, but I don't know about them, which is the whole point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People would have to get together and get along in a, in a way that they just don't today so do you think that will happen do you think people will get it together in that way or do you think where where would that come from is that going to come from that's my
0: prediction from, that's my prediction yeah. is that it will happen and i think it'll come from uh i think it'll come from academics who who choose to spend their time working on this rather than research that choose you know it's a it's almost a crusade kind of thing it's uh smart people working together that have access to lots of other smart people will figure out a system for this.
1: I believe that. I believe that. Yep. It seems like a, that would be a fun project to work on. The uh, And I, I believe that yep, there, there are enough people will, will will do that. That's a good prediction.
0: What else do you have left?
1: Okay. So we, it seems like we've got two others. Um, one we can probably just hit real quick, which is that we actually had different opinions on which is the uh, prospective on prognosis for cures for major neurodegenerative diseases.
0: And I believe this is the one where you are pretty negative.
1: Right. I believe yeah, in,
0: just, yeah I believe in a brighter future and I think you're you're just looking at all the negative possibilities.
1: If yeah, I mean true. we've just seen so many failures especially in Alzheimer's disease and Parkinson's disease. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know, you know
0: this is just... tough. I, I don't know what I don't know what in me is predicting this cuz 10 years probably isn't a lot of time and there's there've been plenty of 10 years since we've you know started having problems with them but I I just want to make one optimistic prediction that we will cure we will find a cure for one major neurodegenerative disease you know Alzheimer's that would be or, awesome. Um, Lou Gehrig's that would or be awesome. multiple sclerosis or something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean one of the one of the one of the predictions that I made that is actually not even like really even a very bold prediction that's related to this in terms of curing diseases is that cancer treatments will be massively improved in ten years. Like massively improved. Oh Especially my they they've
0: start... been, they've improved so much in the last ten years. Yeah. I think it's that's unbelievable.
1: Yeah. The the leaps forward have just been incredible. And there's a whole conversation I think probably better not for this wrap up to get into too deeply, but there's a whole conversation of why cancer treatment is relatively easier than treating neurodegenerative diseases, um, which is, I don't actually know the answer.
0: That's a good, it's a good potential topic.
1: It is a good potential topic because it does seem to be the case that we're making tons of progress in cancer and not in these neurodegenerative diseases. And why is that? I don't know.
0: Maybe will it'll out. change.
1: Maybe maybe it will just be that inflection point. There's been a, just a few little things with cancer that have made those inflection points. Um, maybe we'll maybe maybe yeah. I, mean, I guess that's your prediction. We'll, we'll get we'll get one of those for neurodegenerative diseases. That would be awesome. That would be huge. That would be huge. All right. The last one, in, and last but not least,
0: of is your your predictions.
1: Of my predictions, is the Robo Apocalypse. The Robo Apocalypse the robo apocalypse.
0: All right, so flesh this out. There are, as we know, there are lots of ways that a robo apocalypse can happen. <laughs> so, what's the you can be you yeah. can be non-specific. You could just say a robo robo apocalypse will happen. Or do you want to be more specific?
1: Well, I, let's let's put it out there. I mean, I'll I'll say and this is I'm just putting this one out there. This is one of those ones where actually if you if you really or being pedantic you could say well joe if the robe apocalypse hits some of your other predictions yeah can't exactly be sure. i was thinking that i was thinking that <laughs> so it's kind of this so, kind
0: of goes above all of the rest of your predictions you should have no this, right. and
1: so each one is independent each prediction is independent i'm not okay. saying all of these things are going to happen okay i'm predicting i'm making a prediction for each one each one is an independent prediction okay and ha- and i'm not assigning any probabilities to them i'm just saying i believe more likely than not, 50.0000001%, this is going to happen.
0: Though neither of us could possibly know these things, we still have some belief That's in right. them anyway.
1: That's right, exactly. And so I don't think it's, it's not a not 100% prediction. It's not even a 90% prediction. This is a 50.00001% prediction that the robe apocalypse will happen in the next 10 years, probably towards the end. And it's going to be the kind of thing where basically it's not like robots are going to come in and really start just shooting you with lasers because i don- <laughs> so
0: get away from that idea that's right <laughs> people put that out of your minds
1: <laughs> don't worry about the lasers <laughs> the lasers are not the problem yeah. because all right so look at the predictions that are there's a, there's a stack of predictions in here because laser weapons handheld laser weapons will not be a thing in 10 years
0: <laughs> okay no sub prediction a
1: <laughs> Yeah, sub prediction a no laser handheld laser weapons in 10 years commonly available so the robots aren't going to be walking around with lasers
0: Okay, so they're not going to shoot us. What are they going to do?
1: Prediction number two. Well, they're not going to shoot us with lasers. Prediction number two. They won't be walking around at all. That's not how this is not how this goes. The 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 ways in which technology is going to try to copy successfully copy humans will include copying our brains and the way that our brains process information. That will not include the way that we walk because the way we walk is fucking dumb. (laughs) Okay. Okay. right it's super inefficient why they spent so much time trying to like get robots to walk on two legs which is dumb dumb you don't have to if you didn't have to do it that way in any given context you would totally not do it that way okay right you could have a drone you could have be flying around untethered from the ground entirely okay right so why would you be walking so no walking around shooting you like the fucking terminator type thing right that's not, that's not what it's going to be. What it's going to be is you're going to have all these interconnected systems that I was talking about being net benefit and important, like the roads, like the financial system. And all of these things are going to be networked. And at some point, some AI will get it in its AI head. But not that you, it will necessarily even have not to. Have, that it, have not to have, that it has a head. Doesn't have, doesn't have a head, but it is a little processor that it's going to fuck with it. It's just going to bring it. It's going to burn it all down because for whatever reason, it's got that imperative. It doesn't even have, it doesn't, you don't need to presuppose the concept of wanting to do that or like any kind of malice or any of that. It's just for whatever reason.
0: That's going to be its next goal.
1: There's an AI that has a goal to just burn it all down and it's going to make a significant amount of progress in that direction like shit is going to get screeched to a halt like your farm equipment your your networked farm equipment it, it, autonomous is going to like screech to a halt highways are going to screech to a halt you know and this is going to be a problem people are going to die it's going to be ugly not everyone's going to die this is not, not going to be the end of the world apocalypse this is just this is going to be like a going to be like a minor apocalypse
0: it's going like, to be the it's going to be the warning shot across the bow before we that's um, right before we start everybody starts trashing their computers and goes back to agrarian societies
1: but this is the canary in the coal mine thing yeah. this is this is like this is like worse than 9/11 but not as bad as the black death huh
0: somewhere in between those
1: somewhere <laughs> in between uh, 9/11 and the black death
0: Somewhere between 2,000 deaths and a third of humanity. <laughs> okay. That's, a, yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a very specific. There's some error bars on there. It's a very specific criterion. Okay. And yeah. so your 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 prediction is that the robe apocalypse in that form will happen. My prediction is a very simple one and that that will not happen.
1: <laughs>
0: so one of us will be right.
1: You took the other side of the bet. I like that. That's yep. good. That's yep. good. That's that's fair and 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 healthy.
0: So shall, shall we say a thousand bitcoins?
1: <laughs> Let's. all right. Well, if you're all all right. We should we should buy them now because who knows what the fuck they're going to be like, you know, in, in ten years. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the whole bet is that because you think it's going to go down. I think it's going to go so down. You're but not going to buy them now. Yeah. So
0: I'm not worried about
1: paying. You're not buying them now anyway. Yeah. You don't care if you lose the bet or win the bet. You know, no, if you win the bet. It's Great. Nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. If you lose, who cares? Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think that's, that seems like maybe a good place to wrap it up. You know, now that we've gotten to the Robo apocalypse part of the, of the show.
0: I think I've gotten my main ideas out there for future generations to um, evaluate.
1: So, you know, get out your red string, you know, get out your, uh, your push pins, you know, type these things out, get them, get them printed out, put them on a board, put Mm -hmm. them on a map, you know, figure out, read the tea leaves, figure out like what's, what, you know, this is, this is prophecy here. You know, you really got to take this stuff seriously. What we just, what we just broke down here.
0: And then afterwards, put it in a time capsule.
1: (laughs) That's right. Bury it in your backyard. We'll see where we are in 10 years.
0: Uh, All right. Well, I think that's it for our show today.
1: Uh, All right. Thanks everyone. And we'll talk to you soon.
0: Talk to you in 2020.